Hi there, you're listening to University Radio Bath's They Think It's All Over podcast, which we like to call They Think It's All Corona, while we're stuck under lockdown at home. This one was recorded under the bedsheets again for that maximum sound quality. Today we talked about the nuances of football club finances under this lockdown period, and whether a return to football behind closed doors would be enough to sustain not only the top clubs, but teams throughout the divisions. Of course, It's not all corona, as the title suggests. So we'll also take a look back on this day in history. Well, back to 2013, when Manchester City beat Chelsea on their way to their second FA Cup final in three years on April the 14th. Plus, Dorsey's Challenge of the Week puts our minds to the test. Can you name your best Premier League eleven with only one player allowed for each club? Keep listening to find out our selections, and enjoy the show. They think it's all over. It is it's I'm joined underneath the sheets in Lower Oldfield Park in Bath once again this week by the usual lineup of Matthew Dawes. You're right, mate. How's things? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, David Morgan's here as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Scott Hyron as well. How are you doing, Scott? Yeah, we go Norwich, go again. All right. Good to hear that, mate. So, on to the, um, the latest news from coronavirus-stricken uh, Britain. And the football world has been furloughing staff left, right and centre. We talked about that a lot last week. And now it seems that Spurs have actually reversed their decision to do that. Obviously coming under a lot of pressure from uh, fans, especially on Twitter, as, as Dawes will know, the Twitter merchant himself, <laughs> um, that... Uh, it's not, not a huge financial gain furloughing the, the sort of non-essential staff. So wh- why have they reversed their decision, Dawes? PR, 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 PR. That's all it is. I mean, <laughs> it's Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, they could obviously afford to pay their staff. Um, and they've, the only reason they've done this, is, as I said last week, is the same reason as Liverpool sort of reversed their decision. It's just because of the backlash. Um, Levy is desperate for money, even though... You know, Spurs are in a very good position financially, as he's run the club very well. But I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. As 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 you said about the the actual implications financially, it's so minimal compared to other other sources of revenue. It's ridiculous. So yeah, we were reading this morning uh, another good thread from the Swiss Ramble on on Twitter, who was saying that these clubs furloughing their staff, it's only going to save them, you know, one or two million pounds in the grand scheme of things. Sounds like a lot of money. But to Premier League clubs these days, that's that's peanuts. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Levy could pay each staff for the rest of their lives easy on his base on his own back. I mean, it's ridiculous what he's done. So I'm, I mean, obviously, it's good that they have sort of changed the decision. But yeah, as I said earlier, the only reason they've done it is for PR, really. Do you think that um, the players should be taking a pay cut? I think there's been a lot of talk about wage deferrals, about you know wages being paid out later in the year, maybe when the football comes back. Should they just take a pay cut altogether? I think so. I think they get paid such a high amount of money for ballers do. They, they, I don't think it would really be any harm to them. Obviously, you have to, you have to find the right line to do it because changing the circumstances when it comes to salary uh, and all the assets and stuff that they have uh, in terms of like homes and cars and stuff that they probably pay for. I mean, to be fair, they probably just buy a lot of these things outright, but. Um, but it's a lot of money for if you're living that type of lifestyle to lose out on. So you have to be careful how you do it. But even any any pay cut that can help anyone else within the club, but also the NHS, um, I suppose is massive. 
I think you mentioned the NHS there, something which has cropped up. I know, I think it was Jordan Henderson has been organising all the Premier League captains to set up an NHS contribution fund. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Well, that's a brilliant idea, I think. The amount of money that all these players like do get, especially the t- players in, say, the top six, um, so much can be put towards the NHS, which can ultimately help the country uh, get us through this crisis fa- uh, faster. Um, and allows the players all to play in front of the fans again um, sooner. So I think it's in everyone's interest to uh, get the money in the right place. O- again, obviously, it's they're entitled to their money as fo- as footballers and as uh, people of careers. But um, that they've got they've got money that most ordinary people don't have. So it, it's one of those. I think one interesting thing on that point, which I did see last week at some point, was that. Few footballers coming out on on Twitter saying that they're getting a lot of stick for not mm-hmm. donating their wages or not taking a wage cut. When yeah, obviously they're they in the firing line and the sort of public eye as high earners in society. But there's plenty of other high earners out there, and, and no one's picking them up. That's the thing. I mean, they've been made scapegoats. Really, um, I think it's easy for the MPs to just say, "Oh yeah, just get the footballers to pay their money." But I think it was the health secretary who, who yeah, actually called them out and said footballers should be taking wage cuts, but he didn't. <laughs> Else it's ridiculous. I mean, you, you think about the amount of billionaires in this country that are doing nothing with offshore funds and all this nonsense. They pay no tax. All these companies pay nothing, and yet the Premier League footballers are the ones that get scapegoated who are on a few million pounds a year. I think obviously it is good to see, you know, Jordan Henderson setting up that that um, NHS thing with the rest of the players. Sort of like just being like, yeah, we are. You know, obviously we have got a lot of money, but there are so many other people in this country that should be paying their part the sort of off- offshore funds, etc. And if they did pay their taxes normally, the NHS wouldn't be in the position it's in today anyway. So, mm. simple as that. Uh, they've been made scapegoats, but it's good to see them. What are your thoughts on it, Rod? Um, I think, personally, that obviously the players do have a responsibility to it, but there's plenty, as Dawes said, there's plenty of billionaires out there, you know, the likes of Richard Branson, Lord Agnes. He's Agon- a disgrace, yeah. Richard Branson. They, all these people have a lot more money than they do, and they could afford to give a lot more back. As well, no one is putting pressure on the owners of football clubs to be absorbing some of this financially. Especially as, you know, look at, you know, Arsenal's, I think, is one of the richest in the world. Man City's and United's are all inc- have incredibly rich owners that could easily deal with all the financial burden of this without it affecting them at all. And, of course, you know, hopefully we'll see some of that knocking down into the, the lower leagues and, well, even clubs low down in the Premier League, I think... The Premier League could put some money aside to sort of help uh, clubs low long, lower down the divisions. How much of a difference will that make? Well, that'll make a massive difference, I think. There's going to be a lot of clubs that will suffer um, as a result of this and any help that they can get from the big boys is going to be uh, huge to them. At the end of the day, it's in everyone's interest to keep all the football pyramid alive uh, for the fans, uh, for the players, uh, for the club owners, for the uh, workers in the local community. Like... I think, think watching things like Sunderland Till I Die, it shows you how much more than just a game it can be. You can sh- it shows you how it's a it's a community it's a whole community that gets affected by what happens on the football pitch. If there's not even anything happening <laughs> happening on the football pitch because a football club's gone bust, that's even worse, you know. Mm. So yeah, it's it's in the interest of absolutely everyone um, for these football clubs to stay alive. I think something you mentioned Sunderland Till I Die there. It's a really good show and reflects sort of, I think all football clubs. You know, you get a feeling that it could be any any club on there, and, and it would be exactly the same situation. So it's it's really tough for all us fans, and just hoping 
They don't go into liquidation, really. But hopefully we'll avoid that stage and we'll get football back in the next few months. Um, one of the suggestions to do that has been to, to play the matches behind closed doors. Obviously, that would be a huge uh, knock-on impact uh, financially for a number of clubs who rely on that matchday income, that ticketing income, the sort of pie and pint sales on match day, which brings in a lot of money. But for the big clubs, uh, perhaps not so much of a concern, do you think, Rod? Yeah, I think sort of, you know, all the Premier League clubs, um, the TV money's worth so much more to them than any matchday income that really if they were to bring the league back behind closed doors and as they've announced, if that were to happen, they'd have the the TV companies be able to broadcast every single game, which I think would more than make up for any losses on matchday income. But it again, it doesn't really help out the sort of lower leagues where normally they wouldn't have they'd have minimal or next no games on TV. Perhaps maybe we'll see the TV broadcast in lower leagues as well? Potentially, but the problem with that is you need a lot more people there and large groups of people is something that everyone's against at the moment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's something, again, that the the Swiss Ramble pointed out in that thread that uh, perhaps if... um, the matchday income wouldn't wouldn't be a, such a big problem for the Premier League clubs, but there does need to be a solution lower down the leagues. In fact, I think the Syria came out uh, earlier this week to say that there could potentially be football behind closed doors until the end of the year. We wouldn't see football fans in the stadium in Italy until mm. 2021. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's looking likely more and more likely every day that that is going to happen across Europe. Really, um, obviously, it's sad, but. It might. Um, it looks like it's going to have to be done, really. Um, Serie A. I mean, the attendances in Serie A games have, well, plummeted in the last decade or so, anyway. So I don't think clubs would really see that that much of a difference, especially if the the TV deals sort of increase, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we go back to the point of football is nothing without the fans. Um, if it, if you can't have fans in the stadium, then it's going to be it's going to be crazy, especially in Italy with all the ultras, etc. The atmosphere will not be the same, but if it has to be done, it has to be done. Mm. Um, and I think the, the clubs will be fine. I think, um, especially with, as I say, the plummeting attendances with Syria. But we'll have to wait and see, I guess. The other news out of Syria this week, obviously, was that some of their clubs going back into training over the next few days. And I think La Liga as well, with Spain lifting restrictions slowly on their lockdown, they're starting to get into sort of uh, camps and, and isolating the players together. And once they're tested, they'll be able to they'll be able to start doing some light training and, and start building back up. Is that a good sign to see, boys? Oh yes, definitely. Obviously, the the moral implications of just the rich getting tested are a, a different issue altogether. But it's good to see players getting back together. It's good to see the country starting to return to some normalcy over there. And I think it will definitely help everyone else who's stuck inside if there's some football back on TV. You know, we'll be seeing that in the Premier League soon, Scott. Uh, potentially. I think from the standpoint that it keeps the players uh, fresh, they don't have to almost forget or you don't really forget how to play football as such. But um, obviously, if you go such a long time without training and all the um, the training sessions that are required to keep you match fit, um, doing this sooner rather than later and not just having a, a very long period without playing football is going to pl- keep these players um more match day ready than they would be before so I think it at least keeps the quality of football high for when it does come back uh, and that type of thing isn't affected so uh, as yeah to see that in the Premier League as well probably be a great idea
So you might think it's all corona on this show, but obviously, as the title implies, it's not. And um, we'd like to run this segment called On This Day, and it is today, the 14th of April. I'm taking you back to 2013, when on the 14th of April, Man City got one step closer to potentially another FA Cup title. Obviously, winning the FA Cup in 2011, the first time in about 50 years, I think. Uh, And in 2013, on this day, they beat Chelsea 2-1 in the semi-final to go into the final, Scott. What what, what were your thoughts on that day? Uh, Well, Nasri and uh, Aguero scored. Um, Obviously, at that point, not looking like we were going to win the league, so... Uh, I, th- I think there was a lot of optimism. Obviously, here he is laughing. Pretty, not pretty sure we already had the league wrapped up at this point, didn't we? Oh, pretty much, yeah. It was not very much contention then. But uh, a chance for another trophy under uh, under Mancini and uh, a second FA Cup in two years would have been quite good. So obviously it was a very uh, positive day. I mean, yeah, um, the, the punchline comes when when you find out what happened at the final. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Obviously against uh, Wigan Athletic in the final. It wasn't great. Uh, I think many of you boys know my um, my feelings about Wigan Athletic. Uh, <laughs> mate, they're a great club. Oh no, they do love eating. a pie. There's too much pies, mate. <laughs> Don't understand what the problem. Is. You love pie. Uh, no, they seem to be in pretty good shape when they were playing you. No, yeah, but but at, at the end of the day, like fair, fair dues to them, um, getting relegated that season. I mean, that, I mean, that's what makes it worse, really. Getting relegated. Um, the fact they got relegated that season yet still beat us in the FA Cup final is a bit of a joke, but. <laughs> At least it gave them something to hold on to. So um, it was a late goal, wasn't it? Was it was late. Eighty-sixth minute. Yeah. Who, who, who got it? <laughs> ben Watson. Oh, ben, yeah. Ben, I, I think. Remember him? Yeah. The man who I know now know is an icon. Um, I remember sitting down watching the game. You love time. an icon, you. Mate. He's an icon, mate. At the end of the day, you, you know. Can tell you've been playing a lot of FIFA in isolation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been. Yeah. The corner comes in, he nods it in the back post. Joe Hart helpless. Well, Joe Hart's useless anyway, so... That's for a few years, but... I disagree. At the end of the day, you bottled it in the final, and I think Mancini was sacked two days later, was it? It wasn't just for that result, though. It's for, like, the player relations, especially with Balotelli and uh, Carlos Tevez. It's just... I think the dressing room was lost at that point. Uh, we weren't good enough in the league campaign, and I think the final kind of summed summed up where the players were with the manager unfortunately um, a, a change was needed uh, but he was an unforgettable manager which um, lives in the, in the city memory I, th- I think uh, a lot many city fans have always looked back to Mancini being the one that pioneered us in this uh, new modern era Your Min- be- minute is scarf hmm? minute the scarf yeah he loves it <laughs> That's just, it's surely he's your best ever manager I'd say Oh no, Pep Guardiola though. But <laughs> uh, dearie me. <laughs> but certainly in the in the modern era, he's one of the uh, one of the ones we we'll remember for sure. I think um, obviously you bring up that on this day. There's for me, there's a much bigger event that you haven't discussed. Um, in 1999 on this day 1999 again? Yeah It's because in April and May we just did so many incredible things I think there'll probably be next week it'll be another thing that we did in 99 but <laughs> it was obviously Rod for you, one for you really where it's a wonderful run from gigs <laughs> I mean oh, it hurts all over again surely Keaton put his bum wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, was not, he, he wasn't ran through your defeat like down, butter yeah. like I mean, surely that's the best goal in FA Cup history. It has to be. Um, to do it there, we were down at 10 men at the time as well. Was that semi-final as well? Yeah, semi-final yeah. replay back in the day when they had oh, replays wow, in the yeah. semis. At Highbury, yeah. Vieira gave the ball to Giggs and the rest is history. Um, went on to win the treble, obviously, as we love to discuss here on 
We do so. love to discuss. Well, yeah. <laughs> You've got to mention it as much as possible, but I think, yeah, that for me is obviously another incredible event on this well, day. enough from 1999. 99 <laughs> Merchant over here. <laughs> mate, it was um, best ever team, mate. It was class. I think you've got a challenge for us, Doors. I heard, um, obviously, we did a couple of weeks ago the best Premier League eleven um, of all time, but with only one player from each country, mm-hmm. so obviously causing problems when you're trying to select English players. You only have one. Yeah. Um, but this week you got something a bit different for us. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously during lockdown I've got a bit of time. Um, I love thinking of these nice nice little challenges. Well, my dad does really, but he sends them over to me. But <laughs> this week we've got... Shout, shout out to Malcolm Dawes, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Massive shout out. Big for... Malcolm himself. I love him. <laughs> He's brilliant. But yeah, uh, so this is the all-time Premier League eleven, but with only one player from each club this time. So okay. makes it quite hard because as a United fan, I'd probably have, I think I'd... 70 United players in my team last time <laughs> did, for like, yeah. all the countries um, so it's choosing obviously you should have really you know, six or seven really top top players but then after that you've got to sort of go through the sort of as as mid would say the mid-tier teams but those one or two standout players you the know the meat chews etc the diamonds in the what, what are we saying here though like is it we you know they've got to be played in position yeah yeah in position and it's the team that they played the most games for. I was going to so. say, because there's some. In the Premier League. Yeah, in the Premier League. There's some so. journeymen, right? They've gone through so many clubs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, you could be really bait and say Roy Keane is Nottingham Forest, but I mean, that's just silly, isn't it? Yeah, so we're saying that like, Roy Keane's got to be United. Yeah, it's yeah, just the, the, the club where they play the most matches. Yeah, and then yeah. you could also do something silly like have Sol Campbell at right back, but I mean, obviously, yeah, that's just not. not <laughs> that's just not legit. I mean, yeah, he's a centre back. He's a centre back you know, all day. He might have played right back once upon a time. Yeah, right? like, come like, on, once or two games. <laughs> Wonder what you've got a right back, I <laughs> um, But I think I think you know start start things off here with uh, with my team, and then we'll sort of go through all yours ones. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think in goal Neville Southall, um, Everton legend. Obviously, the big you know sort of the big three or four keepers in the Prem. Obviously, play for United, Arsenal, etc. So, and I wanted outfield players for those teams. So big Neville, of course, the big Welsh Welshman himself. Yeah, right, yeah. At the end of the day, what a player! Um, Probably the only good Welsh keeper of the nineties. There's <laughs> not many others. Is <laughs> no, there? I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> no. Um, then we go to a back four of. I had to go with Pereira, who's at Leicester at the moment for right back. Very. I mean, right back's probably the worst position in Premier League history. I think. Interesting on that. Um, I'm sure there's better right backs out there. I mean, I'm sure you've got some nonsense from Fulham back in the day or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've gone with him. I think he looks brilliant. He's had a brilliant start to his Premier League season. I think, um, and he's going to be a phenomenal player for years to come. And then the centre back partnership, Vincent Company and Virgil Van Dijk. Obviously, that takes two of the big t- the big teams out already. Bale at left back. I think following your footsteps last week, mid of having Bale at left back. I yeah. was thinking that as well. Didn't go there though. Mm-hmm. And then my midfield is where I think it's just fantastic. You've got Claude Makaleli in the sort of Makaleli role. <laughs> yeah, naturally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vera and Skulls either side, and then Matt Letissier in behind a strike partnership of Alan Shearer and Mark Viduka. It's quite a narrow, it's quite, there's not yeah, many wide players. No there, wide players in my Unless team. you've got Bale coming forward. Yeah, there, I think that's what I was thinking. Obviously, Pereira loves going forward and Bale as well. It's I quite think. attacking, yeah. I think you've got to go all out with Makaleli just holding the fort. Yeah, I suppose so. Makaleli um, dropping back into sort of a back three in a, on the attack. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with that team. Um, I think Company and Van Dijk, you're not getting past them. So, yeah, obviously, Skulls is my Man United player. Viduka is an interesting shout. What, yeah, what, yeah. what was he most appearances at? Leeds, it was. Um, obviously, he had a time at Borough as well. I was going to say, I yeah, I remember he was, in a, in he was phenomenal days. for Leeds. Yeah. 
what a player he was. Um, obviously in the 100 club in the Prem as well, which is good to see. Got to have Shearer in there as well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, Premier was... League's greatest ever player, of yeah. course. <laughs> Who wasn't in your team last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a very good team, that, in my opinion. Yeah, that's not bad. What about what about all, you, all your boys? Should we start with you, Mid? Uh, yeah, go on, why not? I'm looking forward to this one, because I mean, I'm sure Park Ji Sung will be in it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I had Park Ji Sung last week, but not, not today. So, wow. um, in goal, I've gone Yussi Jaskalainen. <laughs> Obviously, probably one of the, the greatest keepers outside the top six, I'd say, um, yeah, yeah. in Premier League history. Yeah. He if did, not. If did such, a, such a good job at, at Bolton for so many years. He must have been there six, six seven years. Yeah, easy. And, uh, you know, he, he really dug him out of some relegation battles, not, not let alone games individually. So he, he's got to go in between the sticks for me and, of course, saves my, uh, my big teams for yeah. up the field. Uh, right back, I've got Zabaleta from Man City. Mm-hmm. Again... Did such a good job for so long, and uh, as you as you say, your right back was a tough one, and yeah. um, you know I thought maybe use up a big team there. So Zaba's gone in there. Uh, Centre back, I've got Papa Booper Diop <laughs> from Fulham. <laughs> There's the Fulham. I knew there'd be some Fulham in there. But of course, you know he he, he was a CDM by by trade, but did play a number of games at a centre back. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Fernandinho role shuttling in. So yeah. I, I feel like that was allowed. And I put him I put him alongside the big man Wes Morgan at Leicester. Oh, yeah. um, you know, again. Helped him to the the Premier League title, of course, a few years ago, and and uh, pro- proper Premier League centre back, mm-hmm. you might say, a real physical player. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I've gone for Gareth Bale at left back as well uh, for Spurs. Uh, you know, such an amazing talent, you could you couldn't leave him out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's four at the back, and I've gone for sort of two holy midfielders then in front, screening the defence. Um, Lampard, of course, you know, I don't know how you've not put him in yours doors really. I guess Makaleli, but as part of a midfield too, I've got to go with Lampard. Uh, alongside Vieira uh, from Arsenal. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Obviously, I'd, I'd Skulls instead, so Skulls and Vieira was my partnership, but yeah, Lampard's fair enough. Lampard, get, him, get you a few goals going forward as well. So, you know, got, got to put him in. Yeah, Malatissi will do that for me, mate. Gone for an attacking midfield three then of um, Ronaldo on the left-hand side, of course, from his United days. Uh, Sigurdsson through the middle, mainly for the, the three free-kick uh prowess at Swansea mm. although he was very close I checked his appearances uh, with his Everton appearances now mm. um, and then Dimitri Payet on, on the right uh, of course you know such a marauding uh, attacking midfielder could play on either side and a real danger going forward and up front I actually had Yakubu up up to about half an hour ago <laughs> and uh, then I suddenly realised I didn't have a Liverpool player so I've chucked Suarez up top I mean yeah fair enough can't go wrong with that yeah who have you got Scott? Uh, same keeper as you as Kalinin I thought like, like for the reasons you said, the Bolton just kept them up and was top class outside of the top six. Um, you boys probably won't agree with my uh, right back choice of Saul Campbell. But, <laughs> He's just um, not a right back. But yeah, at the end of the day, you don't have to really go uh, forward. And um, if, I've got Baines to match him on the left hand side for Everton. Uh, he's been there for a good few years and uh, he's done a solid job there, I think. Uh, with a solid back two then of Terry and Ferdinand. I think that's probably one of the best centre-back partnerships we've got here. Using that big teams here. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I've used the big ones They're all back. gone, mate. Yeah. Yeah, Who have you got on your midfield? So, so, that, so that, that's, that's three of the top six that I've used uh, at the back. I thought that's quite a solid defence, I think. Um, then in the, uh, the... So I've kind of gone for a four in the middle with like two more of the wide men. Uh, so in the, uh, four 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 two should I be saying? Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. So I was gonna have uh, Tim Sherwood, but then I did substitute him for uh, uh, Gareth Barry. 
I thought Barry was being classed for Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tim Sherwood did just miss out for uh, Blackburn. Was Getting he in a... good for Blackburn? He, uh, when he was a captain, he, right. was, he was he top won, class. He two seasons, maybe. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. He, he, in terms of consistency, I think Bar- Barry... Barry's been there so long at the yeah. top of so... <laughs> Chucking in a for City sure. player, of course, as well. Yeah. Uh, well... <laughs> was he Villa, is he? Or City? Villa, Villa. Uh, Villa. Yeah, yeah, he's Villa, yeah. yeah. So, we got De Bruyne next to him. He's just top drawer, isn't he? Over like, David Silva. Yeah, I I thought I just love De Bruyne's directness and, just for the assist, and what he can do. Right? Yeah, he's just a joke. Uh, <laughs> so I had, I had to put De Bruyne in there. Um, I don't know if you agree with this one mid. I've got Sigurdsson on the right. I'm not having that at all. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to put him there because I think I was so frustrated when Paul Clement used to play him on the right hand side because he couldn't do anything. It was the <laughs> most annoying thing. He played well. He played on the left more than the right. I think, but he just chucked him out there just because we had him. It was like, oh, we've got to play Sigurdsson he's one of our best players, but he just didn't fit in the system no, at it, all. There was like the whole England thing with the midfielders and just chucking yeah, a player exactly. out, there. I, I, out there. I've given it a go. I thought with, with the other players around, it might be able to fit in there. Yeah. Uh, you could even put, put De Bruyne out there and then put Sigurdsson in the middle if it worked out. Um, but I, I think it's flexible enough. You can work with it. And I put Manny on the other side. I put him on the left. I think uh, he, he does quite a good job there. Uh, up front then, we got Vardy and Shearer. I think quite a solid uh, two to go up front. Uh, plenty of support from the midfield. Um, mm. I think they'll both have a joy in scoring goals with the uh, the talent that's behind them. That was very attacking. I'm just thinking now. I think Barry can provide a little bit more of that defensive, and I think also De Bruyne is very good at um, de- like doing a lot of work mm. for his team. Also, mm-hmm. so I think with my central two, I think they can do a lot of the dirty work while also um, play the ball forward very well, especially with De Bruyne. And I don't think I've seen De Bruyne play in a midfield too. Like, has he ever played? Mm. He's usually, Not, usually part of a yeah, normally three, normally part of a three. Yeah. Um, Same for Sigerson, really. He played with a two at Iceland, but. Quite quite a rarity to see four four two these days, really, isn't it? Yeah, I it was just okay. I, I was struggling to find it. I was struggling to do four three three. Really, um, I I think I went four three three a few weeks ago, but I thought no, I'll go go for something a bit different here. See what the uh, the shape would be like. But you know what? I think it'd be uh, be one of the top teams. I think. Yeah, Eddie Howe being my manager from Bournemouth. <laughs> Sean Dyche for me, mate. It's got to be Sean yeah. Dyche. Eddie, Eddie Howe's class. Sean I, 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 I think. I think. I think he'd Sean work. Dyche I think Eddie Howe would work with this attacking team. I think Sean Dyche would just be a part of the merchants. Might have a few issues of lots of players are out of position. <laughs> I, I think. I think Eddie Howe would make it work, and he's a, a very good job at Bournemouth for the last uh, five. Not this six. season. I don't really call no. my manager. But I think I'd probably go Ian Holloway. Like, <laughs> use, use a Blackpool. <laughs> Just for the memes, really. Yeah. <laughs> Who have you got, Rod? Like, good to see your piece of paper out again. Right. You've got to write it down, get it all down. down. So no, ta- no tactics this week. Yeah, though, no, the tactics are in my head, mate. Oh, can't, can't, true coach. Yeah, yeah, can't be, can't be risking spies. You know, yeah, Bielsa's agents. binoculars. So in goal, I went for Petacek for Chelsea. You know, most clean sheets in the Prem. Yeah. Like really, you know, it picked. I don't really need to justify that anymore. And then right back, as as we've all said, it's a hard position when you actually pick a right back. Um, <laughs> so I had to, I went for Gary Neville from United because, which was it was hard using up United there. Two big boys out the way. Well, two biggest boys out the way. I say Chelsea United out the uh, way straight away. And then centre back, I've gone for Sol Campbell. Um, uh, who you know I think in one of his right def- position. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I, right I, posi- I'm happy where he is in my opinion. I'm entitled. Yeah, yeah, you're entitled. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's famous for his day, for his, in some ways, more for his switch to Arsenal than anything else. And then you know, past the Invincibles, 
key man. And then I've gone for, as my other centre-back, Ashley Williams of Swansea. Yes, interesting one, yeah. Yeah. Big Ash. And then at left-back, so someone from sort of the early days of the Prem, Stuart Pearce. Nicknamed Psycho. Yeah, he wouldn't mess about. <laughs> no, he, he didn't mess about. <laughs> Nottingham Forest is that, yeah. Yeah, Nottingham Forest. That's, good, that's a good one to use, actually. Yeah, and he in 94, he had an incredible season. He got eight goals that mm. season. That's crazy, isn't it? From left back. And then in my midfield, I've got Henri from Arsenal. Um, yeah, you've heard enough from me about Henri. Um, <laughs> Merchant. And then for my City player, I struggled between Yaya Torre and De Bruyne. Mm. In the end, I went for De Bruyne, but... I almost went Yaya myself, actually. That was a really tough one for me. Yeah, you know, he had that season, didn't he? Was it How many was it? 20, 2014, he scored, um, I think oh, I think it was... 20, th- was 20, it? 20, I think, yeah. yeah. 20. Ten, 10 of them being uh, from... Uh, the penalties and free kicks it was a joke it's crazy yeah. yeah and then Gerard from Liverpool who I think is overlooked a bit because he never won the Prem but who is, will always be remembered for giving it to Denver Bar <laughs> yeah. and then Mares of Leicester who won the, who you know with them he won PFA Player of the Year along with leading them to one of the best leagues, league title wins we've ever seen and then up front I've got Shearer from Newcastle mm. and Peter Crouch you know he did it for so long in the Prem. Most headed goals. The crowd's Stoke, is he? Yeah, Stoke. What's his most appearances at? He's, Stoke. he's a journeyman, that he Yeah. yeah. Club, but Stoke, he had his most appearances for. Right, yeah. Like, because he was there for so long just towards the end of his career as well. That's not bad. That's a decent balanced team, actually. I think my midfield could be a bit more balanced. I need someone a bit more... Henri's... Henri's uh, very attacking. Yeah. yeah. Very, yeah. Very attacking I, I'd almost there. want to fit... Uh, switch Henri for Vieira to bring a little bit more defence mind to it yeah, but yeah. I had to do that at the last minute to be fair I had Gary Speed in my team up until about 25 minutes ago um, but went with Vieira and Viduca instead of Speed and Henri I think quite a Welsh element in your team Southall, Speed yeah. Bale mate. Welsh fun mate well I am now <laughs> it's one of those challenges <laughs> it's one of those challenges which it's so difficult isn't it because you there are so many good players from so many clubs and you forget I mean I forgot about like Mares and Dimitri Paye for example yeah. that's a brilliant choice uh, I kind of wish I put him in my team but um, it's it's such a difficult choice because I, especially with all I think all three of you boys had to make an alteration in the last half mm. an hour and um, I'll start to my boys yeah I, I think I found this yeah, one Rod's written on paper mate you can't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. can't be changing this it could only be more permanent if I laminate it <laughs> <laughs> found it far harder than um, than the challenge two weeks ago mm. yeah, yeah this, is, this is a hard one um, what you got lined up for next week Dawes? oh there's so much oh mate don't worry there's, there's some good stuff to has, come has mate. Malcolm been feeding you some yeah. ideas <laughs> I've come up with a few things myself as well, but all will be revealed next week. All will be revealed. Already okay. excited. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening to They Think It's All Corona. Do come back next week for another challenge from Doors and, of course, all the latest football news while in coronavirus lockdown. It's been They Think It's All Over, and it is now. <laughs>